Hello and welcome to United's podcast and sermon archives. If you would like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at fergusunited.org or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and we hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. The Bible says in Mark 3 and 27, No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. Now I picked the the youngest children that were able to come up here and help me, to come up here and help me, and they both understood the principle without me doing any teaching. Luke had something of value, right buddy? And you weren't going to just let it go for nothing, were you? You were going to hang on to that. And Jace, you were the enemy at that moment. But, but even Luke, at a young age, knew that if, if I've got a hold of something that's worth something, that's valuable, I'm not just going to turn it over because someone has showed up to, to decide they wanted to take it away from me. The Scripture says that nobody can enter into a strong man's house and take his goods, if you'll allow me to paraphrase, unless he first binds the strong man. There's something to this strong man stuff, and there's a lot of application. I have preached from this Scripture in the past for men in particular, and the application of leaders of our home, and, and leading the charge, leadership in general. However, you personally, no matter your gender today, are the strong person of your heart. You. No one else is responsible for where your heart is. No one else is responsible for your walk with God. That is your your responsibility. And so, for the sake of the Scripture, you are the strong man. Or strong woman. However you want to look at it today. 1 Chronicles 28 and 10. I like this Scripture. There's a few that say it like this, but this is the one I pulled out. Take heed now. For the Lord hath chosen thee to build an house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Be strong. Our strength is meant to accomplish something. See, the writer did not stop by saying just be strong because you can be strong and do nothing. You can be strong and still be ineffective. He said be strong and doing it. Strength is not displayed through appearance, but rather production. I'm going to talk a little bit today about uh, the international or the worldwide strongman competition. But you know, there's a lot of difference between those guys and the ones who wear bathing suits that they don't belong in and just stand around posing for everybody. Those people don't get anything done. You, they might be really muscular, but we, we have no idea whether or not they are strong. Because they have not accomplished anything. <laughs> Second Chronicles 15 and 7 says it like this, Be ye strong therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. So there again, my, my strength is now tied in relationship to my work. And reading from Second Samuel 3 and 1, I realize I'm going through the Scriptures kind of fast. They should all be on the screen. 
just trying to lay a little bit of a foundation. Second Samuel 3 and 1. Now there was long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But David waxed stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. So this tells me that it is possible both to increase and to decrease in strength. So no matter what level I am at, no matter where my strength is, I can increase in strength like David's house did. I can become stronger and stronger. Or if I'm not careful, I can be like Saul and I can become weaker and weaker. But if that's true, then one must ask, what is the true measure of strength? How do we measure strength? How do we measure strength? And that's what I want to preach today, a true measure of strength. There is a display of strength that is incredibly immature. And I'm not just picking on my son today, but we've got our we finally planted grass in the rest of our yard yesterday. I almost want to take a praise break, but finally we're getting rid of the dirt. A couple more weeks of watering and we're going to have grass everywhere. But for the meantime, it's been dirt and this dirt has compacted and become hard, and almost every time Jason and I are out in the yard. He finds one of those and he makes sure that he gets my attention. Right, bud? With those dirt clouds. And he shows me just how strong he is. He says, Dad, watch this. And he demolishes. He just, he just, he's so strong, he just breaks these rocks with his bare hands. He's a strong dude. And if he can't find one of those, he'll look around and he'll very carefully pick out a stick that's large enough to display strength but small enough that it's not going to defeat him. And he'll get right in front of me again and say, Dad, watch this. <laughs> With my bare hands. I've heard that statement a few times. I don't know if he's trying to intimidate me or let me know something or, or what the case is. I'm sure, there, I'm sure there will come a day with his bare hands. He's, he's breaking... Things. He's tearing things apart. Every now and then he'll grab a... We've got weeds and little trees that are trying to grow everywhere and he'll demonstrate his strength that way. And he'll grab one of those and he'll just rip it out of the ground. Just, just brute strength coming out everywhere. Veins. Well, maybe not veins in his neck, but you get the picture. Immature strength seeks to assert itself by means of destruction. Immature strength displays itself by breaking, tearing apart, defacing or damaging something in some way or form. I will display how powerful I am by destroying whatever it is that I get my hands on. Even within the superhero category, the world tells us that strength is associated with destruction. When you think of a strong superhero, who comes to mind? The Hulk. He's the one with the muscles and, and when all the other superheroes are being defeated, the Hulk finally comes charging into the city and destroys everything, including the enemy. He destroys everything. That's how they display His strength. Our attention has recently been captured by such displays of strength. When immature politicians have attempted to tear apart our economy in order to further their agenda. They're trying to display their power. Immature police officers who have committed evil acts in an effort to display 
their strength. Angry mobs have destroyed entire cities in what they view as a display of strength. I do not believe that our society is void of true displays of strength, but true displays of strength do not get ratings, and therefore they're not promoted on our media outlets. Therefore, what do our children see? What do, what do people who are trying to fight for a call see? They see that strength is associated with destruction. And what we promote, we reproduce. And so we see it spiraling further and further out of control. Yes, we've seen things like what we're seeing now. They're just a little bit worse than what they were before because it's, it's progressed a little bit farther. It would be described by those involved as getting stronger and stronger, but I would pull from the Scripture today and say that it is like Saul and they have become weaker and weaker. This is why we as Christians must constantly remind ourselves what a true measure of strength is. And then we have to intentionally teach this to the generation that follows us. It's not enough to know but we must show something that contrasts what is touted as strength in the media and what catches all the attention. We need to redefine what it is to be strength, strong, not strength. <laughs> so, I got to thinking. And the Lord got to talking to me about this and I thought, well, what? how do you measure strength? And a thought popped into my mind about the, the world's strongest man competition. And I don't really fit into that category, so I have no desire to follow or keep up with that. But I started to do a little bit of research, and there is not one event in the world's strongman competition that involves breaking, tearing down, or ripping apart. Now, these are the strongest men in the world. They've competed within their countries and they're now standing on a world stage. If that were the accurate measure of strength, surely there would be one event that was there. It's held once a year and consists of several different events, but none of them fit within the narrative that we've described so far. Rather, there are three styles of events that can demonstrate for us what mature strength on display really looks like. The first thing is, the, the first category is the category of lifting up. You can help me out, Tucker. Lifting up. So we see here an atlas ball, something that I, I just I have no desire to pick up. Yeah. But that guy, for reason of displaying his strengths, wanted to lift that ball, and typically in the events that I've seen as I was researching them, they start out smaller and they just keep getting bigger. And they see how many you can lift up and how much time until you just can't do it anymore. But the idea is to lift up. To lift up. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11 has some instruction for us. It says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even also you do. I'm going to read that in the Amplified because it is a little bit under a little bit easier to understand and wrap our heads around. It says, Therefore, encourage and comfort one another, and build up one another, just as you are doing. I would present to us that mature strength can be seen in our desire, our effort, and our ability to lift up those around us. Through our words and actions, God has given us the ability to lift others. We can instruct and thus lift people intellectually. 
We can encourage and teach from the Scripture and we can lift people around us spiritually. There are times when we come alongside people that are, are downcast and in dark moments and we have within our abilities the, the capability to encourage and lift up emotionally. There are people that struggle socially and we can, we can come alongside them and help them develop into socially productive individuals. We can lift them up. You can encourage and speak life into people and, and pick out things that they're good at and you can lift them up personally and provide confidence for them. That's a measure of strength. Strength doesn't, real strength doesn't say, look at, look at me. It's more about lifting something. Lifting something from where it was and getting it to an elevated position. And it's one thing to lift up heavy rocks, but how much more meaningful is it to come alongside people and begin to build people and lift them up and encourage them and, and elevate them to another level? That is an accurate depiction of strength. I don't care if my son can break dirt clubs. Good job, bud. Have fun with it. But what I want our children to know is that it's much more important to be able to lift things up than to tear things apart. The second thing that we will find in these strongman competitions, and this is pretty impressive, the second category would be that of moving things forward. Moving things forward. Now all I've got is my minivan, but hey, if anybody wants to try this after church, i got a tow strap in there, and I'll point you in the right direction, and you tow us home. That's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, that is either an 18-wheeler or a, a commercial passenger bus from the images that I found. One of them was a, an actual airplane, an airplane, like a full, not like a little, you know, toy, no, a full-size airplane. And these men are dragging it forward. They're not dismantling it. They're not tearing it apart. They're not moving it piece by piece. They're moving the entire thing forward. Philippians 3 13 and 14. <clears throat> the Apostle Paul is speaking. Missionary. Incredible conversion story. Incredibly effective at reaching people with the Gospel. The Apostle Paul. He says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Great strength is demonstrated by your ability to continue moving forward in life, and certainly in your relationship with Jesus. We oftentimes desire to forget the bad things, and I'll get there in a moment. But Paul, in the context of this Scripture, is saying, I don't, I don't look around at all of my achievements. I don't see where I am in God and compare it to where I was and say, I finally arrived. Spiritually strong. He said, no, I'm forgetting. I forget about all the things I've already done. And I'm keeping my eyes forward on the prize and I'm, I'm just pressing forward. I like that word, pressing forward. He's not strolling forward. He's not skipping and hopping because sometimes it's not easy. In fact, the further we go, the, the easier it is to become confident in, in the progress we've already made and to just kind of chill out where we are because it's not all that bad of a spot anyhow. But like this guy that was up there, 
I got it. Just, just another, just another inch. Just, just another centimeter. It might make the difference. I, I might win. He said, I'm pressing for the mark, the high calling. Micah 7 and verse 8. There are times that we need to forget some things that are in the past. The Scripture says, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Partnering that with Proverbs 24 and 16, the Scripture says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Now that Scripture baffles me. It always has how the Lord can see fit to uh, label this individual as a just man. You mean the, the, the crippled man. You, you mean the one who, the lazy man. Maybe it, it's the sinful man. The, the Scripture says the just man falls down seven times. Now that seems like a lot of times for a just man to fall. What justifies this individual in the Scripture is not his fall, but his ability to get back up every single time and continue to move forward. You see, the difference between the two people, the just man and the wicked man, is the Scripture never tells us that the wicked gets back up. It just says, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. And then we stay there, and we wallow in disappointment, and we wallow in self-pity, and we wallow in regret, and we feel defeated, and we just throw ourselves a little pity party, and we stop moving forward. But strength says, you know what, this is, this is horrible. I don't like where I am, and I'm, I feel guilty, I feel ashamed, it's wrong, but I've got to move forward. So what does that really look like? I want you to think about the amount of strength it took for the prodigal son to pull himself out of a pig pen after completely betraying his father and to turn around and walk back home and look him in the eyes and have a conversation. See, we focus on what the father did, but that, that boy had to be strong. He had already experienced plenty of weakness. He had already been in a place of defeat, but somewhere along the lines, he said, you know what? There's, there was something put in me, and I can't stay here. I've got to get up, and, and I've got to just put one foot in front of the other again. I've, I've got to go back. The verse lets us know that we can find the strength to move forward in the wake of defeat or failure. <clears throat> Once we get it right for ourselves, it's important for us to understand that we can move others forward as we display great strength. You know what? Move your family forward. Move your family forward. I'm going to lay a greater foundation for my family than what I had. And that's not to cast stones at what I had. It could have been better, could have been worse. All I'm saying is, I want to lay a better foundation. I want to have a better spiritual platform for them to launch from. I want them to have a better economic plan. I want to work hard. I want to do anything I can to move my family forward. I want to move my ministry forward. This doesn't always look super, super spiritual. Moving people forward is a difficult thing. We just, we're well into summer now, so I'll bring this up without fear of anybody throwing anything at me. But the last few months of school were extremely difficult. And all the moms can say Amen. Because you probably felt like this guy right here. Like, one more test. God, please. Just one more. And you're dragging the children along. Like, come on, just, just finish. Please finish. 
are times that I'm, I'm preaching the Word of God and, and I can tell that the Word that's going forth is just outside of where an individual has been. It, it calls them forward and, and it feels like just by seeing the looks on people's faces, I'm like, come on, just, just a little bit further. And that's my job. It's to pull people forward. It's not my job. It's my calling. It's my privilege. It's a great opportunity that I have. To move people forward, you must first go there yourselves. You cannot pull someone into a place that you have not been. That's why pushing your family forward or pushing your ministry forward or pushing someone that you're trying to work with in God forward, it never works. Because you don't know what it looks like. You've not been there. That's why they pull things. They move things forward. Other events, they have to pick them up. And I like that too because it incorporates the last thing. They lift them up and then they personally walk them forward and they place that down and they grab another heavy object and they walk that forward and they place that. But they're constantly lifting things up and moving things forward because that's what real strength does. It lifts things up and it moves things forward. The last thing that they do or the last category of event would be that of holding things together. Look at your neighbor, tell him to get a grip. I just wonder how far my arms would fly <laughs> over the top of those things when they went crashing to the ground. They hold things together. The Scripture says in Mark 10 and 9, to be a little bit specific, what therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Without clear uh, qualification from Scripture, marriage is meant to last and your marriage is worth holding together. The context of these verses is marriage. Your marriage is worth holding together. There may be seasons and times that that's what it feels like. I hope not very often. But even if it felt like that till Jesus comes, it's still worth holding together. Your family is worth holding together. Well, you don't know. They're, they're in this stage, and man, I just... No, 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 no. Your family's worth holding together. Well, yeah, but now that I'm grown and I, you know, I've got some distance, I can relate. My family lives on the other side of the country. And there are plenty of opportunities for rifts. But you know what? I love my family and my family's worth holding together. Your family's worth holding together. In a world that is, is actively engaged in tearing apart families, there are agendas out there that that is their goal is to tear down the family unit and to disrupt what God has put in place. Families and marriages are worth holding together. Amen. 1 Corinthians 1 and 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. That's a pretty tall order. I'm going to read it again. Now I beseech you, brethren, so he's saying, listen, I'm, I'm begging you. There's something I'm asking of you. And then he, he really ups the ante. By the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
So I'm, I'm begging you in the name of Jesus to do one thing. That you all speak the same thing. And that there be no divisions among you. But that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Your church is worth holding together. Your church is worth holding together. Other things that are worth holding together. If you're young or single at the time, your purity is worth holding together. These are, I'm just going to name some things that are absolutely, uh, they have an all out assault as far as the world's concerned. Your purity is worth holding together, it's worth keeping intact. The world says it's not important. They, their attempt in trying to rob you of that is by devaluing it and telling you that it's not really of any consequence anyhow, but I'm telling you that your purity is worth holding together. Your reputation is worth holding together. The little compromises that you can make or the mistakes that could come your way or, or things that you could do, the temper that you could lose or the little item that you could pick up and walk off with is not worth your reputation. You are worth holding together. Sometimes that's the greatest, that's the greatest struggle. You talk to people and they say, I'm just trying to hold it together. I'm so mad I could just freak out right now. It's okay to be mad, but the Scripture does tell us to be angry and sin not. So hold it. Hold it together, folks. It displays how strong you are. No, I'll tell you what's going to do. I'm going to punch this wall. That's going to display out. No, that's going to hurt your hand. And then you're going to have to pay to fix the wall. Hold it. Hold it together. Your prayer life is worth holding together. Oh, but I got so much to do. I'm so busy. I, I can't get up in the morning. I'm too tired at night. And we get a, a, a varied mirage of excuses, but your prayer life is worth holding together. Your commitment to the Word of God is worth holding together. You see, any fool can find a way to destroy and tear apart things that they possess. But it's kind of like the cartoon where the guy's sitting on the tree limb and he's cutting the, the branch off over here by the trunk. If God has placed something in you, if He's given you a family, He's given you a church, He's given you a reputation, He's given you a ministry, He's given you all of these things, why on earth would you tear them apart? Well, I'm just showing everybody how strong I know. Everybody on the outside is saying, man, that's foolish. I haven't heard one person from the outside look at what's going on in our world and say, man, they sure are strong. That's a strong group of people. Everyone else recognizes it for what it is. It's just when we're, when we're caught up in the moment, it's easy to improperly display our strength. It takes mature strength to hold things together. So what is the measure, the, the true measure of strength? It's to lift things up, to move things forward, and to hold things together. I'm going to close, and I'm going to close a little bit differently. Maybe you don't feel all that strong in some of these areas today. Maybe you don't feel that strong in any of these areas today. I, I really don't know. But I would say to you that that's not a problem as long as your heart is right with God. Say, well, I don't, I don't feel very strong in this and I don't feel strong in that. I, I want to do what's right. I'm trying. My, my heart's there. Paul said the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Well, Second Chronicles 16 and 19 says this, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. What's God looking for? 
you, you get the image here. The, the eyes of God. He's in heaven and He's pacing. He's looking. He's looking all through the earth. What, where, where is it at? Where is it at? What's He looking for? To show Himself strong in behalf of them whose hearts is perfect toward Him. What's God? He's looking for somebody that He can show Himself strong on their behalf. It doesn't say that the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro for those that have it all together. Those that are perfectly strong and specimens of strength. Those are the ones I look. No, God said, I'm looking, I'm just looking for somebody whose heart is right with me. Because that's going to be an opportunity for me to for me to go down and show my strength in their situation. I want to show myself strong on their behalf. When, when they don't have enough, I want to be the enough. I want to be the one that comes in. Let, let me find an opportunity. Feel like maybe that's what God's looking for here today. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. Again, we've, we've got Paul speaking. And God speaks to him after he requests healing in his body. He's got something that he's dealing with. And he says, I've, I've prayed about this multiple times. And I had, didn't really feel like I got an answer. And then, then an answer comes. God, I need healing in my body. I've traveled the world preaching your message. I, I'm, I'm doing everything I can. I'm training up leaders. I'm setting up pastors. I'm going from, from country to country. I'm establishing your work. I just need you to heal my body. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Um, well, that ain't really the answer I was looking for. But we don't read about Paul praying about this anymore. Why? Because he had received an answer. God didn't say, alright, you know what, Paul, I'm going to heal your body. God said, Paul, I, I realize you're weak here. I've given you a lot of strengths, Paul, but, but you've also got a weakness. And I want you to know that in the middle of that weakness, I'm going to show my strength. I'm going to work. My, my grace is going to be sufficient for you. God's strength is perfect in your moment of weakness. His grace is enough to take you through what you don't have the strength to do. When we look at this verse, we have to take the time. We have to take the time to identify what grace is. Because if it's the grace of God that's sufficient for my weakness, what is that? It's receiving what I do not deserve. That is grace defined. When, when you get something that you do not deserve, that's an extension of God's grace. <clears throat> I don't need grace when I have strength. When I can do it on my own, I have no need for grace. But God has designed within me weaknesses that cause me to rely on Him in a greater way. You see, unearned strength is available to me when I don't have it within myself. So I'm presenting to us today an accurate biblical measure of what strength is. And also a solution for moments when we don't feel like we have what God's calling us to have. His grace is still sufficient. His strength is still made perfect. Let's pray. Let's talk to the Lord today. <clears throat> Consider yourself first. Pray through this message. Pray through what God's spoken to us. Really examine self. Am I living in a way that displays the strength of God.
Am I avoiding the traps that the world has set and the, the mindsets that they push so aggressively? Am I, am I displaying my strength and my ability to tear people apart with my words? Or am I lifting folks up? Am I moving things forward for the greater good of God's kingdom? Or am I stagnant or, God forbid, moving backwards? Am I holding things together that the Lord has put within my charge? Do, do I have a good grip? When you've examined self, then I would charge you today as your pastor to think about, am I effectively communicating this to the next generation? Because the, the, the contrary things to what I've preached today, they're doing everything they can to teach our kids and our young adults an improper display of strength. Are we as God's people being equally aggressive and communicating the proper display of strength, what it really looks like. for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you'd like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online to fergusunited.org. And also don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. That way you will be automatically notified of our new episodes. Thank you very much and we hope you have a great week. God bless you.